up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deichman, with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right, and this... Well, not this week, because we already did an episode this week, but right now it's a bonus episode. <laughs> we, right now is the bonus episode. Later yes. is other episodes. Now is bonus. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a new Unearthed Arcana that came out, of course, directly the day after we recorded, as per usual. <laughs> While I was editing. <laughs> yep. That, that's kind of our shtick, so, you know. <laughs> um, but this UA features two new subclasses, the College of Spirits and the Undead Patron for bard and warlock respectively man these two yeah neat just at first glance yeah and 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 we we've got Um, a we're flipped this time i i haven't read this and you have so we're 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 charting new ground i'm still not reading because i suck at that uh (laughs) (laughs) so let's uh let's dive into this yeah. I, okay. So they do mention again that this is playtest material, and I like how they specifically say the character options you read here might be more or less powerful than the options in the player's handbook. But if it survives <laughs> playtesting, we adjust its power to the desirable level before official publication. I'm like that's nice that you mentioned mm-hmm. that because <laughs> people I, forget. I kind of I, I love that it's like in, the, in a oh, its own little box and everything. This is playtest material, almost like warding. <laughs> <laughs> um. They have their own little, like, mini summary of these guys. So it's like College of Spirits, a new bard subclass that learns stories from spirits, and the undead, a new warlock subclass whose patron is an undead being, which is a little obvious. (laughs) (laughs) To start, the bard. At third level, you gain the bardic college feature, and this college is the College of Spirits. Stories of the past are powerful. They hold lessons of history, philosophy, and magic. Bards of the College of Spirits seek the stories of those from beyond the material plane. Using gaming sets, they reach out to hear their stories, but the bards have no control over what story they find. So, that's a description of the College of Spirits, but what do you get at third level? You get guiding whispers. What is this using gaming sets? Are they uh, saying that like they play D and D in D and D, and that's how they get? <laughs> um, what? Pretty much, I think they're talking about more like a tarot deck, or in D and D verse, taroka uh, deck, or uh, a okay. um, a Ouija board, that kind of thing. Okay, okay. But it's weird that they use specifically gaming sets. It's, <laughs> it's like no, I don't know about that. Uh, but at third level. You get Guiding Whispers. So, you can reach out to spirits to guide you and others. You learn the Guidance Cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of bard cantrips you know. And for you, it has a range of 60 feet when you cast it. Uh, What's the the normal range on on that? Yeah. I'm I'm Googling. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Touch. Touch? Yeah, it is Touch. I just realized, I'm like, wait, I don't know what Guidance is. No, I do. My cleric uses it. All the time. Yeah, no, because I was like, I'm pretty sure, sh- like, when I read this earlier, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a touch spell. And yeah. that, that's beefy. That's real cool. I actually really like that because it's not, like, at all overplayed because it's a cantrip. It's only a D4 added to an ability check, but that's pretty nice. Um, yeah, I, I I honestly really like that. That's pretty cool because mm-hmm. I like the idea that you're, you're, it's, it's guidance. Not from like a god, <laughs> but from these spirits. That's well. What cool. what I like about this way of doing it is there's a lot of times in other uh, subclasses and stuff where it's like, oh, you can cast this spell from another 
uh, class. And it's like, okay, I mean, so that just means that, you know, bards running around with Eldritch Blast, whatever. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, this one, it's like, no, they get one spell from a class that they usually can't, but they also get it at a better range. That's really cool. That's a really neat yeah. little step up. It makes you feel like your character and your class actually means something as opposed to you just making a choice. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, oh, totally. yeah, I'm just leveling up versus I'm leveling up into a hero of mm-hmm. this type. And it's like, yeah, that, that feels better and beefier. Um, also, at third level, you get spiritual focus. Uh, it's also at sixth level. We'll get into that. Your practice of contacting spirits can employ special tools. You can use the following objects as a spellcasting focus for your bard spells. A candle, crystal ball, talking board, a taroka deck, or a skull, which, yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, also at sixth level, which this is actually really cool. When you cast a bard spell that deals damage or restores hit points through the spiritual focus, roll a d6 and you gain a bonus to one roll of the spell equal to the number rolled. That's really cool. I like it's that. Like That's as if a the neat spirits thing. are helping boost you. <laughs> <laughs> boost you. <laughs> you can just imagine having a skull and just call him like, hey, yeah, guys, this is Dave. It's like, what the fuck? It's a skull. It's like, no, his name's Dave. Be respectful. <laughs> no, see, see, I, w- I want to be, uh, oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember her name right now. I want to be the woman from Mystery Men that had the bowling ball with her dad's skull in it. Yes. Oh like, my god. that's that's my bardic <laughs> weapon, is a bowling ball with a skull in it. <laughs> 100% would allow, it's a crystal ball, but it's just, you know, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, at third level, and this is where the meat of this uh, subclass comes into play, it's Tales from Beyond. You reach out to spirits who tell their tales through you. While you are holding your spiritual focus, you can use a bonus action to expend one of your bardic inspiration and roll on the spirit's tales table using your bardic inspiration die to determine the tale told. That's a lot of words for saying use bardic inspiration, roll that bardic inspiration die and on the table and that's what you get. You retain the tale in mind until you bestow the tale's effect or you finish a short or long rest. So, bonus action, you can even use it out of combat to do it. Okay. And you can then, until you finish a short rest, you have that tail in mind. Okay. That changes what I thought this was. I thought it was, like, you pick someone, you roll, and that effect immediately happens on them. That totally changes this thing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you can bonus action out of combat listen for a tale and you get a random one. You can't choose which one it is. Um, and then you can hold on to that until a combat happens or until you need it. Okay. You can use an action to choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. And this can be yourself to be the target of the tales effect. Once you do so, you can't bestow the tales effect again until you roll it again. So it's a once per bardic inspiration use. Mm-hmm. You can retain only one of these tails in mind at a time. And rolling on the go. spirit's tails table immediately ends the effect of the previous tail. So if you do bonus action, bardic inspiration out of combat, get, like, for example, the beast tail, uh, you'd have that one. It's like until you use it again. But if you don't like that one, you can, exp- you can burn through another bardic inspiration die to roll again. But you can't keep the old one. Interesting. So... Um, if the tail requires a saving throw, the DC equals your spell save DC. Love that concept. It's always tried and true. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Spirit's Tales. So there are 12 of these guys, which makes sense since the Bardic Inspiration die goes up to 12. Um, so you would never roll higher than that. I do really Let's like the see. fact of that course, you get this at, a... at, you, you get this at third level and then that, so you can't do all the stuff on this table at third level. I love that concept. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. yeah this is I, I love that this, this keeps that getting better. Way powerful with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm trying to see like when does yeah when, so oh when do the dice go D12, up? Twelve. You get D12 at fifteenth level. Yeah. And at third, it's a D6. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, it's it's a steady I think power movement there. Yeah, I think that's um, great. Let's see. So I'll, I'll kind of split these up to when you do get the next level in Bardic Inspiration Die and when you'll be able to actually use these. So it'll make more sense as we read them. Okay. So from, let's see, third and fourth level, you can do these things. Beast, the beast tale. You recite the tale of a clever animal. For one minute, the target has advantage on wisdom perception checks and advantage on attack rolls against a creature if another enemy is within five feet of it and that enemy isn't incapacitated. All right. So you get advantage Mm -hmm. if someone is within five feet of it, which essentially gives you flanking in game, which Mm -hmm. I like. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Or uh, pack tactics, which is what that technically is based off of, if I recall right. Yeah. Um, You can get warrior. You recount the story of a renowned duelist. Make a melee spell attack against the target as an attacking spectral warrior. Briefly appears in an unoccupied space within five feet of the target before vanishing. On a hit, the target takes force damage equal to two rolls of your Bardic Inspiration die plus your Charisma modifier. Okay, okay, so right now at third or fourth level, it would be 2d6 plus your Charisma mod. That's not bad. Yeah, for an action to do that, that's pretty good, 2d6. Mm-hmm. As a bard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see, friends. You recite the tale of friends who found each other in the afterlife. The target and another creature of its choice you can see within five feet of it regains hit points equal to a roll of your bardic inspiration die plus your charisma mod. So for an action and without expelling a spell slot, you can heal up to two people a d6 plus your charisma mod. If I play a a bard that has this every time that comes up, I'm just going to tell them about a scene from The Good Place. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next one is called Runaway. You tell the tale of an adventurer that could escape any confinement. The target can immediately use its reaction to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied Ooh. space it can see. When the target teleports, it can choose a number of creatures it can see within 30 feet of it up to your charisma modifier to immediately use the same reaction. Holy shit. Whoa. It's like a mass misty step for an action and not a spell point. That is wild. <laughs> This is one of the few times where I'm like, I want to give that to a bad guy. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine if, like a bard that's evil and like, oh yeah, I'm totally just gonna throw this at you guys. Oh, god, I love it. <laughs> so that that's an option, and this is still third or fourth level. Mm-hmm. Um, Avenger, you recount the tale of an avenging knight. For one minute, whenever a creature the target can see within thirty feet of it is damaged by a creature. The target can use its reaction to deal force damage equal to a roll of your Bardic Inspiration die to the attacker. Oh, it's like a mini uh, Hellish Rebuke. That's pretty much exactly what it is. And it's equal to your Bardic Inspiration die, so it's going to be a D6 at this level or up to a D12 at 15th. Wait a minute. 
for one minute whenever a creature. Whenever. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's per attack. That's per hit. Oh my god. No, that's not that's... a mini hellish rebuke. That's that's an ongoing hellish rebuke. Holy yeah, if they're shit. taking ongoing damage. Um, the thing is, is that it has to use its reaction, so it's still once per oh, okay, turn. Okay, okay. That's so it's still yeah, it's still restricted that way, which is good. <laughs> it, it, it's a at third level. It's a d six once every round. That's not bad. Uh, it's, that's yeah. that's still really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and for the six on the bardic inspiration die, you can roll hero. You speak the tale of an epic hero. Choose a creature you can see within thirty feet of you. The target gains temporary hit points equal to a roll your bardic inspiration die plus your bard level. While it has its temporary hit points, the target's walking speed increases by 10 feet. All right. I really like the fact that that also levels up with you. Yeah. So if you are 15th level, you're going to be rolling a D12 plus 15. Yeah. So it's like minimum 16 temp hit points, but they also increase their walking speed by 10 feet. That's really good. That's good design right there. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Fey. You recount the tale of a mischievous Fey. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed by you until the end of its next turn. The charmed target must use its action to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you mentally choose. The target can act normally on its turn if you choose no other creature, however. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's a free, like, uh, it's better than charm person because you're telling them to attack but um yeah it's a the free again it's, it's it's a free charm spell and it's a target it's mm-hmm. it's just target it's not humanoid or anything in particular so you could do this literally on a dragon if you wanted to so how long does that That's last pretty wild That's what I'm trying to figure out is um, so it, Oh, oh! Until the end of your next turn. Until I'm the end okay. of its next turn. <clears throat> there you go. So it's a it's a one turn charm effect, which That's... can be pretty clutch. Yeah. Um, and this is already on number seven of the Bardic Inspiration dice. So at this point, you're, let's see, level five through nine. Well, yep. technically three. <laughs> yeah, levels th- I, five I through nine is when you can do this. Yeah. So moving on on to number eight, a uh, dark spirit. You speak a dreadful tale of a slayer in the dark. The target becomes invisible until the end of its next turn or until it hits a creature with an attack. If it hits a creature with an attack during this invisibility, that creature takes necrotic damage equal to a roll of your bardic inspiration die and is frightened of the target until the end of its next turn. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. I can't let St. James know about this. <laughs> this is so cool. I love that, though. And I love that it's still giving you damage, which yeah, as okay from this clan, class perspective, I never see you using your bardic inspiration dice normally, because yeah. this well, one gives I mean, you damage on top of things. This one, yeah, because like I, I mean, the thing is, is that you you can't once you have this like once you have a story you know locked and ready to go, you can't do anything else with your bardic inspiration die except for use it using normally. it normally yeah. so like i could see myself in clutch situations using that but yeah i kind of feel like this would be like me and destiny with a super where i'm just like nope i'm holding on to all of them because we might need them later <laughs> yeah 
It's true. I mean, like, honestly, if I would never go through any time period without one of these ready. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it makes sense. And mm-hmm. I guess the 20th level capstone ability would come into play better here because you would be more inclined to use your bardic inspiration constantly. Yeah. It's true. So, like, with this case, having one bardic inspiration would be better than having a regular bardic inspiration, I think. Mm-hmm. Talk about that later. Um, up next, <laughs> we're now into nine in the dice roll, which means you're going to be needing a D10. Basically means levels 10 through 14 that you can reach this. Well, 10 and up. Yeah. So, nine is giant. You speak of the deeds of a mighty giant. Each creature of the target's choice you can see within 30 feet of it must make a strength saving throw, taking force damage equal to two rolls of your bardic inspiration die on a failed save and is knocked prone. A creature mm. that succeeds on its saving throw takes half as much damage and isn't knocked prone. Ooh, okay, Still so not bad. each creature of the target's choice you can see within 30 feet must make a saving throw. Yeah. That's still two rolls of a D10 at minimum and a D12 at max. And so, yeah, 2D10 or 2D12 or half damage. And it's each creature. It's an AoE, too. Yeah. Well, what's cool is it's sort of an That's AoE because cool. it's each creature you choose. So it could be you got to be grouped up with everyone with your party interspersed. But you're just like, you, 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 you. I hate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That can make a huge difference in a fight, too. Oh, yeah. Massively. Oh Let's see. Um, yeah, and that doesn't require an action or a bonus action or reaction on the target's choice, either. Hmm. It's on your turn that that technically happens, because you action cast it on someone, and then that happens. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. Number 10, dragon. You breathe a poem of wrathful <laughs> dragon. That's an interesting way to put it. The target <laughs> magically spews fire from their mouth in the 30-foot cone. Each creature in the area makes a dex saving throw, taking fire damage equal to three rolls of your bardic inspiration die on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. So that's 3d10 or 3d12 on a failed or successful save. That's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having either giant or dragon in any situation. That is so mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just imagine. I'm just imagining cinematically. Like you're the bard. You're off in the corner, and you're like, "Hey, yo, fighter, who's literally surrounded by people." <laughs> Here's a poem, <laughs> and they just like spew out all this fire. That would just be so neat. And, and see, if, if I had been that bard, the bad guy would just be like, Oh, that was a haiku, not a poem. Because ah. <laughs> I suck at poems. Um. <laughs> Let's see. So what's next is number 11, which at this point you'd have to be well, 15, 15 and, up. and up in order yep. to reach these two. So Celestial, you speak of the exalted deeds of a Celestial. The target regains hit points equal to two rolls of your bardic inspiration die plus your bard level. And you end one disease or a condition from the following list affecting the target. Blinded, deafened, paralyzed, petrified, or poisoned. Okay. All right. So it's it's kind of a beefier version of uh, at least one of the other ones. No, no. Oh, no. uh, Friends and Hero, they were both giving you hit points and temp hit points. So it's Mm -hmm. it's just kind of a little bit of a beefier version. That's, That's cool. Yeah, and it's minimum... 
2d12 plus uh, 15, 15. Yep. To, to when you're doing this for restoring that's, hit points without, nice. again, expelling a spell slot. Yeah. And then the last one, 12, which, again, you can only get if you're level 15 or up. You utter an incomprehensible fable from a being beyond the stars. Choose a creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The target must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or take psychic damage equal to three rolls of your bardic inspiration die. And the target is unable to speak any language for one minute. <laughs> fighting, a, fighting a wizard is just like, oh, you like those verbal spells? That's fucking, cute. You, some, Cthulhu's ghost fucking talks to you. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. Talk to that asshole over there. <laughs> Talk to that asshole over there. I love it. And they take, again, like 3d12 psychic damage. I love it. <laughs> and that's just that's just wild. I am sad the, that there's nothing if they succeed on their intelligence saving throw, like it's half or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. it's either all damage or none. Yeah. So that's that's everything you can get in a third by third level. <laughs> That's ridiculous that you get all of that at th- well, I mean, obviously Bardic Inspiration die excluding, but you get all that at third level. That's mm-hmm. bonkers. Yeah, that was just at third level. So now we're moving into the sixth level College of Spirits feature, uh, which is called Spirit Session. Uh, it's, <laughs> it sounds like a rally at a high school. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, everybody, go to our Spirit Session. Remember, no throwing things. <laughs> all right, I'll be hiding in study hall on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can channel spirits to gain insights into magic. You can conduct an hour-long ritual channeling spirits, which can be done during a short or long rest. Using your spiritual focus, uh, you can conduct the ritual with a number of creatures equal to your proficiency bonus, including yourself. At the end of the ritual, you temporarily learn one spell of your choice from any class. The spell you choose must be of a level equal to the number of creatures that conducted the ritual or less. The spell must be of a level you can cast, and it must be in the school of divination or necromancy. Huh. Mm -hmm. This chosen spell counts as a bard spell for you, but it doesn't count against the number of bard spells you know. And once you perform the ritual, you can't do so again until you start a long rest, and you know the chosen spell until you start a long rest. Oh, okay. So even if you get surprised during the night, you'd still know that spell. Interesting. So this is at sixth level. Um, So you'd be able to have up to third level spells at that point. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense because that's what you would be able to do. So you'd be able to choose a third level spell as long as it was divination or necromancy from any uh, spell list it looks like. I'm I'm not completely versed in all of the spells that are available at any given time as much as I'd love to be. But I don't know how good that is. But I'm but because of what has already come in this class, I don't think it's a big deal even if it didn't do anything good. Um, like I, I the, the mainly it's the, res- the 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 restrictions on it that I'm like, mm, okay, well, I don't know if there's any divination or necromancy sk- uh, uh, spells at those levels that you know would be good to do an hour-long um, ritual with. And also, I'm thinking of, like, imagine you have a small party, so you only have three people. And it's yeah. like, all right, we got to get some villagers and coax them into doing this ritual with us. Um, let's see. So looking, just looking at some spells that you can choose out of that list. Let's see. Vampiric Touch, Speak with Dead. Okay, um, that's a good one. Bestow Curse, Animate Dead. You know, that'd be fun. Mm. 
Um, Rave Enfeeblement, but you could already do that as a bard. Let's see. Locate Object. Let's see. Gentle Repose actually can be very helpful. Yeah. Um, depending on what kind of campaign you're in, but yeah. Yeah. There's Blindness Deafness, which is, I think, also a bard spell already. Um, speak with Animals. Ray of Sickness. Hmm. Inflict Wounds. Uh, Hunter's Mark, actually, is Divination. Hunter's Mark's Divination? Yeah, it is. It's, but but still, like my thing is, I'm like, okay, is... Well, I guess because it says that you can do it during a long rest means you're not really taking an hour out of the adventuring day to do it. It's it, it's yeah. an interesting concept that I think could use a little bit of tweaking to be like, oh, that's actually really cool, but not overpowered. You also got to think of the flavor bit, too, because it's like that John Mulaney moment. It's like, hey, are we cool doing stuff? Only if people are cool with a lot of things really fast <laughs> like <laughs> would you guys be okay with joining me on this ritual to like speak with some dead people <laughs> yeah the, like the part is just like oh you could get that spell couldn't you yeah but we all got to get really cool about a lot of stuff real really fast, fast. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the, like, the, like they have the they have the, like the paladin of straight just goodness and no evil or like undead things it's like all right be cool. <laughs> Please join in our little powwow circle here so we can get, at least get something. Mm-hmm. Um, my only question about this is that can that include cantrips? Because technically, cantrips are a level zero spell, I believe. I might be wrong. I might They might just be classified as purely cantrips and not spells, but... Yeah. I'd allow it, it but I don't say know. say... It choose must be a level equal to the number of creatures or less. Oh. So you could cast oh, if it, it by yourself. Or less, yeah. And then you can choose a level zero spell, which would be a cantrip. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So you could be a bard with Eldritch Blast. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, you could. <laughs> you totally could. You get one use of it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't actually get one use of it. You can use that spell as long as you have the spell slots. Oh, Okay, now that changes some things. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. We couldn't do Eldritch Blast because that's not necromancy. Oh, true. Yeah. No, and but you could do Spare the Dying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so that, uh, okay, cantrip wise, I could see a good use for that. All right. Yeah. All right, uh, carrying on. Uh, the next thing, all the way at 14th level, is Mystical Connection. Mystical Your connection. connection. <laughs> Your connection to spirits has become semi permanent. Whenever you use your Tales from Beyond feature, you can roll a d6 and use it instead of expending a Bardic Inspiration die. You still use your Bardic Inspiration die for the Tales effect without expending it. I I love that. love this. Okay, so I also have noticed that some people on Twitter were already a little confused about the wording on this. Essentially, when you do use the Tales from Beyond feature, you have to expend a Bardic Inspiration die. And at 14th level, let's see, you... I don't know how many bardic inspirations you have by that point. Well, it, 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 it depends on your charisma modifier. That's true. So you, you have a certain amount of bardic inspiration that you can pull from, from your pool. And instead of expelling one of those, you can just roll a d6. Yeah. So like, let's say you had you had access. Well, uh, right now at 14th level, you have access to d10s. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you would be missing out on four possibilities of that table however you're not expending anything and then i think yeah. what's tripping people up is the you still use your bardic inspiration dice so 
if I rolled the d6 and I got the the healing one that says roll your bardic inspiration die and add your level, yeah. then uh, that would or add your charisma for friends, uh, then you would roll the d10. But you're not mm-hmm. expending that. That's just the die you're using because that's the level that you're up to. Yeah. I see yeah. how that gets confusing, but I I really like that. Yeah, and I think they were also doing that with a few of the other Unearthed Arcanas, where it was like, uh, you still, like, you can roll this and not expel your once per short rest thing mm-hmm. as a capstone for the for the uh, class, too, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Because it makes you feel like you can use it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love. But that's it for the bard uh, so far. I enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. Only took us 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot to go through. There was a lot of stories within that little bard oh, there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I could totally see the Tales from Beyond. Like, you could play with the flavor of this so oh, yeah. hard. Like, you can easily get into this. And I could easily see it being both, like, uh, evil-aligned or neutral-aligned or even a good-aligned bard. It mm-hmm. it could be any of this. I mean, like, can you imagine if you were kind of like a bad bard and you're like, hey, yo... I only talk to mean people. (laughs) (laughs) I only only know fucked up stories. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or it's like the neutral bard is you get stories from wherever (laughs) and you don't know where they're coming from next. (laughs) You you do the dragon one and it's just a poem about dragons eating people. That's all it is. Like there's no rhyme or reason or goal (laughs) or uh, character arc. It's just and then then they killed everyone. Mm -hmm. I would like the only thing I would like would be like you can choose one of the like elements with the dragon one instead of it just just being fire eh, i i like, yeah choose i feel fire, like that would get too acid. complicated within the small paragraph that is already on that table so i i feel like at least going with the you know the i iconic or cliche if you want to say that uh fire for the dragon yeah sure. all right carrying on we're at warlock so, Warlock, you get your patron at first level, in case you weren't aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, All those people that have abstained from the Warlock page forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, everyone else has to wait till third. You get it at first. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the Undead Warlock. The Undead is an entity that resides in the dark corners of the multiverse. Your patron could be Aserac, Azalin. Lord Soth, Strahd, or some other ancient undead being. Jesus. You may seek to gain knowledge from your patron's countless lifetimes of experience, while it may see you as a piece of a centuries-long plan. So, already cooking up some character ideas from that. Just just dropping a Sirac and Strahd's name casually, whatever. So at first level, you get an expanded spell list, much like other warlocks. Uh, the undead lets you choose from an expanded spell list. They are added to the warlock spell list for you, and they are Bane, False Life, Blindness, Deafness, Phantasmal Force, Speak with Dead, Phantom Steed, Death Ward, Greater Invisibility, Anti-Life Shell, and Cloud Kill. I love it. Yeah, I mean, they all match the flavor of, like, what liches would cast or spells that mm-hmm. deal with, like, literal death and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I can I can dig it. Uh, at first level, you get Form of Dread. So you manifest an aspect of your patron's dreadful power. As a bonus action, you can transform for one minute. You gain the following benefits while transformed. You gain temporary hit points equal to 1d10 plus your warlock level, which at level one is nuts. <laughs> 
Um, once during each of your turns, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can force it to make a wisdom saving throw. And if the saving throw fails, target's frightened of you until the end of your next turn. Again, level one. That's really awesome. Yeah. And it's once during each of your turns during this minute. So uh, up to 10 times you can do this. And you are also immune to the frightened condition. So that's helpful in a multitude of situations. Uh, You can transform a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I love that it's not just once per rest. Yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, because like, like, you know, warlocks are cool and all, but they they really are kind of, all right, well, I did my one cool thing. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, Unless you want to take a break. We can do that. Yep. Yeah, you want to take a break? Anybody anybody, anybody up for a break? How about a break? Sit down for a bit. Have a nice fire. I'll make tea. Yeah. I'll make tea. (laughs) Warlocks really are kind of hinged on that short rest, especially if you play in like Adventures League 2. I've I've noticed people are like, well, okay, so I'm a warlock. So you guys cool with doing short rest? <laughs> and it's like sure, but at that point it feels like you're kind of breaking up the game for like meta versions as opposed yeah. to like actual. But anyways, yeah. the appearance of your form of dread reflects some aspect of your patron. For example, your form could be a shroud of shadows forming the crown and robes of your lich patron, or your Jesus. face might transform into a bat-like features due to your vampire patron. I love it. That's cool. Uh, my patron's strawed, so I gain a cape. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just you normally, but you but just you have, have like this this shitty spirits uh, store cape on yeah. you. <laughs> it's not even a cape of billowing. It just hangs there limply. <laughs> a little too heavy, but you know, it works. <laughs> Um, all the way up until sixth level, essentially, is where you get your first otherworldly patron feature. Um, this is after you've gotten your packed boon and such as well. Uh, your patron's powers have a profound effect on your body and magic. You now don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. In addition, when you hit a creature with an attack and roll damage against the creature, you can replace the damage type with necrotic damage. While you're using your form of dread, so during that minute... You can roll one additional damage die when determining the necrotic damage the target takes. That's cool. I just love the idea that, like, you level up overnight, you wake up the next morning, you're like, hey, Steve, you doing okay? Just no breath coming out of him. He's like, do you you want some eggs? Nah, I'm fine. Are you sure you're cool? (laughs) Dude. Okay, so let me let me just kind of get this uh, mathed up right. So when you hit a creature with an attack and roll damage, you can replace the damage type with necrotic damage. Okay. And so there's So that no, can be spell as well. There's no restriction to that. Yeah, so when you're using your Elder's Blast, um, at <gasps> sixth level, you have, is it two beams at that point? I want to say for fifth, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say it is. So you shoot necrotic blasts. So you'll oh be rolling God. 2d10 plus 1d10, and it's all... So you're rolling a 3d10 twice if you hit both times. Of course, you have to be in your form of dread situation, but... Hot damn. This could <laughs> be really beefy... <laughs> Yeah, you you'd be a really beefy warlock with this because you can either yeah you could you could be because I like how it's not completely glass cannon with it because you do gain those temp hit points, but yeah, 
that that really adds on to the damage there. I really I really just want to um, make a warlock now that's just a massive fanboy of Strahd. Like like he 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 doesn't have armor. He just cosplays. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. it. Yes. All right. Uh, the next thing you get at tenth level is called Mortal Husk. Now this one was a little interesting. So f- <laughs> your connection I'm to undeath <laughs> and necrotic energy now saturates your body. You have resistance to necrotic damage. If you are transformed using your form of dread, you instead become immune to necrotic damage. So this is 10th level. By that point, you could do the uh, form of dread four times per long rest. In addition, when you are reduced to zero hit points, you can cause your body to explode. (laughs) What? Each creature within 30 feet of you takes necrotic damage equal to 2d10 plus your warlock level, which would be 2d10 plus 10 at minimum. You then revive with one hit point in your previous space, along with your gear, and you gain one level of exhaustion. Once you revive this way, you can't do so again until you finish 1d4 long rests. This is my favorite thing ever! You just... This is my absolute favorite thing! The fact that it just straight up describes it as you explode. (laughs) I can't stop. I just have this image in my head. It's so gross, just this body exploding. It's not force damage, damage. it's necrotic damage, so it's gonna be gross. I know, (laughs) know. see, this body just explodes, and then you're just back there standing up like, hey guys, how's it going? Your friends are covered in you. (laughs) (laughs) So that happens. So should uh, should we keep fighting? The paladin just screams. (laughs) (laughs) You only have one hit point, you're like, I'm gonna go. Oh my god. That's beautiful. Oh, it's disgustingly beautiful. Yeah. So so that's a fun one. Now this next one, um th- this is this is one that you kind of have to like it's interesting. It's called spirit projection. Your body is now simply a vessel for your spirit. As an action, you can project your spirit from your body. The body you mm-hmm. leave behind is unconscious and in a state of suspended animation. Your spirit can remain outside of your body for up to an hour or until your concentration is broken, like as if you're concentrating on a spell. Mm-hmm. When your projection ends, your spirit returns to your body or your body magically teleports to your spirit's space, your choice. Oh. While projecting your spirit, you gain the following benefits. Your spirit and body gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. When you cast a spell of the Conjuration or Necromancy School... The spell doesn't require verbal, somatic, or material oh components that lack a gold, gold cost. You also have a flying speed equal to your walking speed and can hover. You can move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain, but you take 1d10 force damage if you end inside a creature and object. While you're using your form of dread, which by now, let's see, it's 14th level, you can use your form of dread five times. <laughs> While you're in it, once during each of your turns, during those 10 turns, when you deal necrotic damage to a creature, you regain hit points equal to half the amount of necrotic damage dealt. Jesus. So, okay. By that point, your 14th level, I think 15th level is when it gets kind of crazy big is when it I mean, let me let me see. It the... it is important to note one more thing cuz it's on it's on the next call. Once you've used this feature, you can't uh, do so again until you finish a yeah. long rest. So, you're doing 3 <laughs> beams of eldritch blast by that point. 
And each of those three beams would be dealing a D10 of damage and then plus a D10 necrotic damage. And then you're doing, you're taking half of those D10s of damage <laughs> as health. That's so much hit points that you. I love it. You're I gotta be honest. So much I'm. Health. I kind of I came into this uh, this episode just like ah oh, yeah the warlocks got another thing because honestly like the warlocks stuff hasn't been really that cool. This is awesome. Yeah. This is freak. I I want to do. Th- I might do this for my Friday game. Sorry, whoever's running it that night. I might <laughs> just do this. <laughs> so you might be thinking at this point, like, hang on, we already had an undead warlock. <laughs> <laughs> And I would like to counter with, it was called The Undying, and no. <laughs> it's from the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. It's The Undying Warlock. It's okay. Um, a lot of people's biggest like comment about it is, um, oh gosh, what was it? There it is. I'm okay, so sure. it's like pretty much I'm people sorry. were saying... People aren't impressed with getting a fighter's first level feature as a capstone for their class. Because mm, that's yeah. what you get as the undead, the, the undying warlock. You get indestructible that, life. Yeah. Where you regain, it's a bonus action, but you regain 1d8 plus your warlock level in hit points. Mm. And hey, okay. if you lost an arm, you can put it on yourself and it will reattach. That's neat. <laughs> but that's that's what you get. Ah, uh, man, it solves that problem for my players where I'm always cutting their arms off. Oh, yeah, that's a constant thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I've only ever once cut off a hand in D&D, and that was to show how powerful this NPC was, and it wasn't against a PC. It was, okay. it was during a tournament where a guy came out of the tournament holding a stump, and he's, like, Jesus. cursing. While the NPC is just holding her sword and just kind of calmly walking out. And it's like, ah. Oh, uh, I I was really worried that that one was going to do like an it thing. It's just waving at the party with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this UA's got me in a dark place. Uh, <laughs> so, like, so overall, the, yeah, these are the, the really undying, freaking good. Yeah, this is a step up from it. And it feels like an actual class that I would love to play as opposed to the Undying. Yeah. Where I'm like, this seems like a weak trade for, you know promising my services to a lich. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, you can just have a Cyrac or Strahd because fuck it, why not? Yeah. Um, so I got a theory, and I and I teased this before we started recording. I, yes. I, I, okay, it's August. It's a little close. However, the, these, are, these are more undead subclasses that we got in... If you know, the, like we have the rogue one, and I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting. What? What if they? What if they're doing like a, a dark, grim book that has character options? Like, what if they made a book called The Book of Vile Darkness, and they had character Ooh. options in it, plus like a shitload of like undead and shit like that for monster stats? Like, and what if they released it around October? With their Strahd book that's coming out, who you can now have. That would be so funny walking into Curse of Strahd and Strahd's your patron. (laughs) But no, I love you. You give me powers. Eh, You're just kind of like there. Like, I don't really, I don't really think about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a counter theory for you. So, considering the other ones that they've also put out, what if they put out a book 
um, that was like essentially called the Parallel Plains, to where it's mm. both the Feywild and the Shadowfell. Oh! Because remember that barbarian that called upon the Feywild for his stuff? Yeah. You can roll a D and summon flumps. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Yeah, we get a we get a book that focuses on the Feywild and like the the Shadowfell or even like the Plains of Dread. Oh. Yeah. And so I could be down for that. That would be cool. Th- I think it really would be. I mean, like, again, I would be sad that it's not specifically on Faerun, but it would be neat. <laughs> and me over here, just like that inner goth, because like, I'd just be sad that it's not all, you know, death and destruction all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you put happy stuff in my goth shit? Damn it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially what they did with um, Mordekainen's book, where they kind of focused on different aspects of, like, things that happened yeah. in the mortal pl- in the plane. And it's like, it would be really neat if they focused on the lore of, like, the, the known lore, especially, too. Because I know, like, there's there's Evernight, which is the Shadowfell version of Neverwinter. Yes. And it's such a gross place. It has a meat market. Mm-hmm. And most of that meat mm-hmm. is not animals. Yeah. <laughs> I sent my I sent my players there back uh <clears throat> I sent my players there back in fourth edition, but I made it all silent hilly. Yeah. And it's really like cool. so it's like being able to expand on these kind of places would be so neat. I think it would oh, be yeah, so Oh yeah, cool. that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall but, you know, good UA. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. I I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm definitely gonna be able to to make stuff out of this. I mean Oh hundred like, I fe- I felt that way out of a few other UAs, especially that were Along the similar lines, like that, um, the Twilight cleric. This is giving oh, me that yeah, same yeah, yeah. feeling of like I can Ooh. I can work with both flavor and character concept and technical wise with this. I think that was the one that I was forgetting because that had some like you know death stuff involved in it as well. So I mm-hmm. I, I, I oh I think that, I think we're onto something. I think we're onto something. Yeah, mm. we we can hope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll put our tinfoil hats on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well. That was our little bonus episode for, uh, I won't say this week because you never know, but that was our little bonus episode. (laughs) I know, 50 (laughs) minutes later. Uh, (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories right on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, well, have a great game.